So good morning, everyone. If you have a Bible, go with me to Romans chapter 12, and uh, we're going to start there, and then put your hand in 1 Peter 4, in the back of your Bible, way at the back, 1 Peter chapter 4. We're in a series called Changed. Changed is the name of the series, and, and we're asking the question, what happened the day you trusted Jesus? What happened the day you opened your heart, allowed Jesus in, what happened right then? And we began this series at Easter, so we're a few weeks in. We have another, uh, another week to go, so you don't want to miss that one. But, but what happened at the moment you trusted Christ? A lot of things changed in, in relationship. For instance, you went from being spiritually dead to being spiritually alive, and that was Easter Sunday. We talked about that. We talked about being lost and now being found. We talked about being a slave to sin. Now we're purchased by God. We're redeemed. We're set free from the law of sin and death, and we're redeemed, bought out, to live a life of righteousness. We're now not, no longer children of wrath from God, but now we're children of God's, and we're accepted in the heavenlies. We go from losing to being victorious. That was one whole weekend. Uh, we're no longer cursed. We now know that we live to be a blessing. You used to feel cursed. Now you know you are blessed. Last week we talked about the, at the moment you trusted Jesus, the Cold War ended, and you started talking with God, and and the Cold War ends and it warms up and you find that you can talk and listen to God. Today I want to talk to you about a, a, another concept that happens. And this is a, an absolute reality. And this may be news for some and it may be a review for others. The fact is the moment you trusted Jesus, you became gifted. Gifted. I want to talk about two kinds of gifts that happened to you. And, and it, the day you trusted Jesus, the number one gift that happened is this. The day I trusted Jesus, I received the gift of eternal life. Ephesians, or Romans chapter 6 puts it this way. For the wages of sin is death. In other words, the payment for sin is separation from God for eternity. It's called hell. It's death. But the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I have a gift here today I brought with me. You want to know what's in it? Yeah, no. Leave it there. Some of you are just going to dwell on that. That's exactly what I want. I want you to be compulsively thinking about it. How heavy was it when he picked it up? He didn't hold it close to himself, so it can't be books, right? Yeah. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the gift you receive. God hands it out to you because he loves you, Jeremiah says, with an everlasting kind of love. He loved you before you were born. He comes and brings Jesus to be Savior of the world long before we ever showed up. So he provides salvation. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 puts it this way. For by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Say it with me. It is a what, class? It is a gift of God. Yeah. So it's not of works, so no one can boast. No one can say, boy, I earned my way to heaven. No one's going to get to heaven and go, yeah, I, I worked hard to get here. No. We only get there by the grace of God. It is for by grace we're saved through faith. It is the gift of God. What do you do with the gift? You just receive it. And then what do you say once you take the gift? What are you, what are you taught to say? What? Thank you. Yeah, and that's your whole life. After receiving the gift of eternal life, you're, the rest of your life is just saying thanks to God for the gift that is ours. And it's a gift that the Holy Spirit... Now, there's another part of this gift. The day you trusted Jesus, the Holy Spirit moves into your life and helps you to say thank you. And he does that by comforting you giving conviction to you, giving courage uh, to you. And he does that because he wants to make you a holy person, wants to get you ready for heaven. Now, so the day you trusted Jesus, 
The first thing that happened is you received the gift of eternal life. There's another thing that happened. The day you trusted Jesus, you received a spiritual gift as well. The day the Holy Spirit moved inside of you, he brings gifts with him. One, two, three, four gifts. At least one gift. Romans chapter 12. Pick it up at verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Stop there. How many of you, when I read those words, don't think of yourself, you are not all that in a bag of chips. How many of you had somebody come to mind right then? You're all sinning because you know you had, oh yeah, he needs to read that verse, right? You know who that, they always think they're all that, they're more than they should be, they have a higher view of themselves. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment, think of yourself clearly, think of yourself seriously with the right kind of thought in accordance with the faith that God's distributed to each of you. Just as each of the, now he begins to tell a story, a little bit of an analogy, he says there's one body, many members, these members don't all have the same function. If you go to the human body, there's some eyes. You have a couple of eyes. You have a couple of ears. You have a nose. You have a chin. Some of us have two, three. Okay? It's all right. Some of you are bald. That's, and you know what that is? That's God saying, I like your face. I'm clearing room for another one. That's what that is. Write that down. So there's one body, many members. These members don't have all the same function. So in Christ, we form one body, but we have different functions. We have different parts. There are different parts to the body, okay? And if, you're, if you want to take notes of this, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 talk about these spiritual gifts. And when he talks about them, he talks in the same analogy all over again. So some of you are hands, some of you are feet, some of you are nose, some of you are ears. And it's okay to be whatever it is God's designed you to be, you be a part of that body, and you function within that whole body, okay? Each member belongs to the others. In other words, we get along better, verse 5, when you compensate or you carry each other and you help each other. Because sometimes when you see things, but then you hear something, you, com you combine it with what you see and what you hear, or what you smell, or what you taste, right? The combination of that gives you the senses about what is really happening. And it's when you lose one of those senses, that's when you have to compensate in a greater way because you've lost one of the senses. Now we're coming down to the key verse, verse 6. We have different gifts, and you want to write that word to the side, gifts. According to the grace, there's the word grace. That's another word you want to write to the side, gifts and grace. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Stop there. If we were to go back to ancient manuscripts, the word for gift and the word for grace is the same word in the ancient manuscripts. Why would they come out with something different? Because they're trying to cover the breadth of the word. The, uh, it's called Koine Greek. It was like street language Greek. And it's, the word is charisma in the, in the Greek. And the idea of it is this. It is a grace gift. So one time the translator uses the word gift. The other time he uses the word grace. It is a grace gift given to you by God through the means of the Holy Spirit the day you trusted Jesus. You received a grace gift. And if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance. Do what you're, you're called to do. If it's, uh, if it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouragement, then encourage. If it's, if it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Whatever your gift is, just get there. Find a way, get there, and do what you are called to do, what you're gifted to do, because you're going to have a special need to, to not only fulfill that, but, but you're going to have a part of the body that no one else can do. So 
you are needed in the body of Christ. You are specially gifted in the body of Christ. So these, these gifts, I want to unpack that for a little bit. By the way, did I tell you I have a, a gift up here? Yeah. Mm, I don't know what that weighs, but there's a gift in there. Um, how crazy it would be that you get a gift and not open it. Think about that, okay? Oh, I got a gift. I just never bothered to get around to opening it. Some of us are 40, 50, 60 years, 70, 80 years of age. God's given you a gift and you say, oh, thanks, I'll open that later. You go through your whole life and never really know what it is that God's given to you. We talk about it um, in a class. By the way, there'll be another one of these in June, the second third weekends of June. At 9 o'clock, come to worship. At 11, you can go to this thing called Engage, and we'll talk about your shape, which is the acronym, your spiritual gift, your heart, your abilities, your personality, and your experiences. Your, your spiritual gift, which is what we're really focusing on today, but where's your heart? What are you really passionate about? What are your abilities? Some, some people are good with stuff. Some people are good with technology. Some people are good with information. Other people are good with people. What are your abilities? What's your personality? Because certain personalities work better in certain kinds of ministries. And what are your experiences? And some people would say, well, I have some bad experiences. God could use even the bad experiences for good if you, if you allow him to. And that's God's design shape. And when we talk about that, um, they're in Engage will actually help you. If you just go to that within a couple of hours, um, one hour each Sunday, you spend some time unpacking that in your own life, you're going to walk out of there going, I think I know why God has me here on the face of the earth. It might be the best thing to discover uh, how you're particularly wired. Around here we say it this way, that there are, we believe in a great commission, great commandment, kind of words from Jesus, Matthew 22 and Matthew 28, where it, it, we use these five terms, worship, connect, grow, serve, share. We love the Lord your God, and we love people, connect with people. In, in our growing with people, making disciples of people, we serve one another in love, and we tell the best news in the world. That's the sharing of the good news. But in the midst of that, we are serving all along. That's what I'm gonna talk about today because it is the servant who not only takes in the good stuff of the Lord, but then uses it in a productive kind of a way because you were meant to do that. If you're taking notes, we read from Ephesians 2, verses eight and nine, for by grace we're saved through faith, that and of ourselves. It's the gift of God, so no one can boast. The next verse, verse 10, for you are God's workmanship. You are his piece of, another translation, you are his piece of poetry. You are his storyline, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God the Father had chosen for you to do before you even began, before you even arrived. In other words, think of it this way. God doesn't like create you and then go, oh my word, now what am I going to do with him? Mm, Got to get a life plan for him. No, he already has a spot in 2019 and says, ah, I, I have this need in society, in this location, and this person is going to come along, and I'm going to give them the gifts to fulfill that need. That's going to be their destiny, but it's going to help the community make a difference, make an impact that will last for eternity. God chose that in you before you even came on the scene. How cool is that? So you are not, number one, you're not a mistake, but number two, you have some gifts that the community at large really needs, but you need to exercise them. Why? As your way of saying thanks to God 
Now, so there, there are two kind of gifts here. There's the gift of eternal life, and then there's the spiritual gift as well. Now, I want to talk about that spiritual gift the rest of our time. Because that gift within a gift, it's going to do at least three things. One is this. It's going to build up and mature the body of Christ. Um, again, we read from Ephesians chapter 4. But to each one of us, the grace has been given as God has apportioned it. And then verse 11 of chapter, four, of chapter 4. So Christ gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And why do they do that? To equip God's people for works of service. Get that? Why do we have these gifts? To equip God's people for works of service. So that the body will be built up until we reach the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, so we're mature. So what, what's the effect of the gifts? There's a building of the body, maturity and unity, and attaining the whole measure of Christ-likeness. I hope you're catching this, because the spiritual gifts are not for your benefit. They're for the benefit of the body. It isn't about you. It's about the full body. And when the gifts are in operation, the body of Christ is going to be stronger and unified. It's not going to wrestle with itself or struggle with itself. And you know this. Your human body, when it's not getting along, right, when, when your human body's not getting along, we call that sickness. Uh, Brian Regan's a comedian, and he says, you know, one time he didn't feel too well, and he says, so I went to the emergency room, and uh, they said, well, what seems to be the problem? He said, well, I'm no expert, but I'm just telling you, I think my insides want to be on my outside. Okay, then. You ever had that? Like, you're that sick where your body just revolts on yourself. Yeah, that's sickness. And so it is in the body, Christ, if, you're, if the body is operating in full steam and all the, all the places are functioning, that's optimal health, see? And that's what we want. Uh, you know, there are people, uh, and by the way, we, we have um, the Lord's table, and at the end of service, um, there'll be people up here that will pray for you, and they'll pray for you. And I've stood at the foot of the stage, and people walk up, and they want me to pray for them, and I'll pray f- for you. I, I will. But let me tell you this. And when I pray, I, some people want me to pray for them. And that's all right. I'll pray for you. But when I need prayer, there's people in our church family. When they pray, I don't know what the difference is, but when they pray, they touch, they touch heaven. They, that's their gift. In fact, I've had people tell me, uh, I prayed for you while you were preaching, and, and they felt spiritual warfare happening. They, they had an awareness of what was going on that I, I didn't even have. Um, but they, and they don't announce it. They don't, they don't scold people. They don't nag people. They, don't, they aren't nosy, but they pray. They, and when they pray, they don't analyze the problem or give advice. They just touch heaven. Isn't that cool? That's a gift. It's a gift. Suppose, um, just if you went, like um, it's Sunday and you're done with church and so later in the day you decide, let's go to a buffet. You go to a buffet with some friends from your small group at church and, there's, and, and then on your way back you've loaded your plate but you drop it, break the plate. Okay? The person with mercy, the gift of mercy goes, oh, I'm so sorry. Right? The person with the gift of teaching says, you should have had your thumbs up over the top. It's the, it's the, opposing, the opposing appendage if you would do that. And then if you would look both ways before crossing the intersection of the buffet line, you won't. Because the teacher always has to make a lesson out of it, right? 
You know, he's like, okay, here's three points to work on in the week ahead, and I'll check back with you, and we'll see how you're doing. Yeah. The prophet says, I could have told you that was going to happen. You weren't paying attention. <laughs> the exhorter says, that's okay. They got plenty more plates over there, and we're going we're gonna to get this right, no matter how many plates we have to break. We're going to get it. That's the exhorter, the encourager. You know what the giver does? Person with spiritual gift of giving? They just, take my plate. I'll go with that. You, you take it. I'll, I'll fill up another plate. And the gift of administration, you get a mop, you, you, you secure the boundaries, the borders, you get the children away. We don't need children seeing this. They'll want to start breaking plates too. It's the gift of administration. You see, the church isn't great because of great preaching or wonderful music or because we have great small groups. You see, we change the world because people within the body of Christ fulfill their calling within the body of Christ. We will change the world when the whole body of Christ becomes the body of Christ. When you, you do what you are designed to do. So embrace the gifts. And, and if you have a gift and, you, and someone else says, you should have my gift. No, that was a grace gift from God. You should just be happy with the gifts you do have. Don't be jealous of the gifts you don't have. Learn the contentment of the gifts that you do have. Discover it. Unpack it kind of um, uh, see how God has wired you to use the gift with, because that gift is, is there to build up others and you don't know how God's going to do that in your life. I just uh, heard about a medical doctor who lives in Minnesota recently and this um, medical doctor went to medical school, became a cardiologist and got a disease uh, right as he started his practice and his disease incapacitated him. He, he can't even stand. He has to lay out flat He's got a recliner kind of a bed that he lives in. He lives in. Now, this is a guy who gave his life to medicine, and, and now his body is deteriorating. He can't even practice medicine. And uh, the guy lives in Minnesota. He has a buddy in San Diego, and the buddy in San Diego says, hey, my church is online. You can get online. Go to church online. Guy can't even go to church. He goes online and goes to church on, on his buddy's line to his, his buddy's church and finds out they have small groups. He joins this small group. He lives, what, 2,000 miles away? But he joins an online small group. He, come, he becomes a small group leader to the online community from the church in Southern Cal. Then during announcements one weekend, they find out they have, kind of like what we have in Bethlehem and in, in, in Guatemala, where they've uh, adopted villages. They've adopted some villages in Uganda. They find out they, that there's a great ministry in Uganda and they need medical missionaries there. He goes, I would go, but I gotta stay in this bed. And they said, well, do you have a computer? I do. Well, we can link you up. The guy does medical work from his bed to Uganda. Would you have ever dreamt of that in your life? Oh, and by the way, he... He pastors two online groups who can't get to church because of their work schedules. And now he, he leads these two small groups to a church he's never even gone to because <laughs> he can't get out of bed. You don't know how God would use you and your gifts, okay? That was free. Um, there's another thing about the gift within a gift. It promotes Christ-like serving, and it's for God's glory. So each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards, 1 Peter chapter 4. 
Look at verse 10. Use whatever gift you have received and you do it for your own glory? No, you do it to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. In other words, not everybody's gonna have the same gift. You're gonna have different gifts and that's okay. You're gonna need those different gifts. And if anyone speaks, let him speak as one who speaks the word of God. If you serve, serve with the strength God provides so that in all things God would be praised. You see, it's not about us, it's about God getting the glory eventually. You see, you, you don't understand this, nor do I. We don't get it really, that we have been gifted. Someone has, from heaven, reached down and held out a gift and said, take it. And then the day you trusted Jesus, you took the gift of eternal life. And then when you got those gifts, it was like your birthday. Oh yeah, since it's your birthday, we're gonna give you birthday gifts. And they give you that day spiritual gifts. It's time to open them. It's time to discover them and, and use them. And here's the deal. Some of us in the room right now are gonna resist this, and I'll tell you why. Number one reason, it's because of, we live in a, in a prosperous nation and we are consumers. And everything we do is about consuming. And you know this, for the stats are there. Doesn't matter if it's consuming food, energy, electricity, oil, gas, doesn't matter. Americans are consumers. We consume sports, we consume entertainment, um, we consume uh, airspace and, and technology. We are takers, and unfortunately, that has infected the church. So some people just come in and just go, I'm just gonna get what I can get and leave. Consumerism will eat us alive if we're not careful. But there's another reason that some people are afraid of spiritual gifts. And, and the reason they are is because they're afraid of the spirit-led crazy people out there who are jumping and hooting and acting crazy and they're, they're believing stuff that just isn't biblical. And because of that, they go, I'm not gonna get anywhere close to that, okay? I went to a football game a couple years ago and it was like uh, 45 degrees outside. So I had a sweatshirt with a hood and then I had a coat over that because we were gonna be out for four hours or so. And there were some, and I mean this kindly, there were some idiots in the crowd who had their shirts off and their stomachs painted. But I wasn't one of those idiots. I kept my sweatshirt on and I, I didn't say, well, I'm not gonna go to the game just because the idiots are there. I still went to the game and I felt good about my sweatshirt actually. <laughs> and just because they acted like idiots didn't mean I had to. And they were like, yeah, you know, and, and I'm going, yeah, see you in the emergency room, you know. But just because of a few crazy people, don't let that affect what God has said about the gifts. Um, some would say, well, uh, I would believe in the gifts, but I'm not sure they're for today. Like, God only raised the dead back then, and so I'm not sure he does the work of miracles even today. And my answer to you is the first gift that you received. The fact that you trusted Jesus, that is a miracle. So God's still doing miracles because he's changed your life by saving you. So don't ever discount miracles. And don't ever limit God. Don't ever say, oh, God could never do that. No, the only thing God can't do is what would be contrary to his nature. God will not lie. He will not cheat. He will not go back on his word because he's God, okay? But other than that, he's a free agent to do what he wants. So let's not box God in 
or allow others to box him in. So the gift that you have that's within a gift, it builds up the body of believers and it promotes serving. But there's one more, and it's, it's really a caution. It really doesn't matter what your gift is if you're not loving. Um, I, I take my cues from the book of 1 Corinthians where it talks about the spiritual gifts. And in, in chapters 12, 13, and 14, you know chapter 13 is the love chapter, right? But if you get the context of how that chapter is set up, in chapter 12, actually the Apostle Paul writes the church in Corinth because so much about the church is messed up. They can't get along. They're fighting with each other. They, they have drunken brawls and they're just, they're, they're selfishness. They get spiritual gifts and they all want each other's gifts. They argue about the gifts and they fight about them. And he's going, it isn't about you or about the gifts. It's about the glory of God. And he says, now I don't want you, in chapter 12, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. Chapter 12, verse 1. And then he, he kind of unpacks all that. When he gets done with the end of the chapter, he goes, let me show you a better way. You can argue all day about the gifts. Let me show you a better way. End of chapter 12. Chapter 13 reads, if I speak with the tongues of angels and don't have love, does not matter. I'm just a resounding gong, a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries of knowledge, it does not matter. If I don't have love, I, if I can move mountains, the kind of faith to move mountains, but if I'm not very loving, I am, end of verse 2, I am nothing. It doesn't matter how gifted you are, doesn't matter what you can do. If you're not loving, it does not amount to much. When he completes the chapter, he says, now there's three things that remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So, you're born, you get a gift. I just want you to think about this for a moment. Someone comes over to your house, it's your birthday, and they say, hey, I got you a little something. And you say, hey, thanks, and you put it down. And three months later, they're back at your house, and you say, Hey, do you like the gift? Uh, yeah, I do. And then you, they walk in the kitchen, but it's still on the kitchen table. Just like that. And you realize it's not even been opened. You say, did you open the gift? Oh, not Yeah, I've not had time. Yeah, I know it would take a long time to open a gift. Especially like this one. We're talking seven or eight seconds. Right? Well, I'll get around to it. So three months later, you stop by, and the, the gift's no longer on the kitchen table. It's moved to a coffee table in a room in the living room that they rarely go in. And you see it, and you see it still hasn't been opened. And you say, did you like the gift? They go, you know, I'm going to like it. I'm sure I will. I just haven't opened it yet. And then three months later, you go back to the house, and you don't see the gift anywhere. And then... Uh, you open the front closet door to hang your coat up because you feel at home because you've been there several times. And you open the closet door, you, you see the bag. It's in the front coat closet on the floor, stuffed there with some winter boots. And you realize the gift's not been opened. Well, that's the nine-month mark. So at 12 months, it's their birthday again. <laughs> they go, I'm not giving him a gift. Why? He didn't open the last one. Right? Isn't that the way you'd feel? Yeah. And maybe that's the way God feels about you when you don't open the gift that he so freely has given you. 
So, open the gift. <gasps> this is nice. And that's what will happen with you when you open the gift, your spiritual gift. And you'll go, oh, wow. And then if you're like me, like, this still has tags on it. Wow. You didn't chase a guy down the street and rip it off of him. You actually bought this. This is sweet. And then what do you say? Thank you, right? Thank you. You understand the difference? But how would you feel if people couldn't even bother to open the gift? That would almost be insulting, wouldn't it? Almost be hurtful. Almost be insulting. So I want you to imagine a church just for a moment. Just hang on. Imagine a church where people say, uh, just suppose we had open mics with, um, when we videoed this. And, um, hello, my name is Chris. I'm a follower of Jesus. And I'm gifted with helps. And I love children. And so I work the check-in in the children's wing at church. At, and I, I have the gift of helps, and I love serving and just helping people, and we'll keep the kids safe. And this, I was made for this. I have a job, but I am more alive when I'm helping people. I was made for this. And the mic switches over. Hi, I'm Latasha. I have the gift of encouragement, and I love music. So I go down to Children's Wing, and I, I lead children in worship music, and I just love motion. I love having fun with the kids. I love encouraging them just to let loose and enjoy God. And then I, after I'm doing that, then I go in the auditorium and I, I worship again. I just, but I love just greeting people because I have the gift of encouragement. I was made for that. Uh, hello, my name's Ben. Uh, I have the gift of discernment. I go to men's breakfast and I just listen to guys. Because uh, when the guys are alone, they talk. And I listen a lot. I had the gift of discernment. I was made for that, just listening. Hi, my name is Angel. I had the gift of evangelism. I just love to connect people who have similar interests, and eventually I know they're coming around to Jesus. And I work on the, the greeter team on Sundays, but I just love to greet people and then get them to other people who will help them get to Jesus. And if they don't, I'll help them get to Jesus because I have the gift of evangelism. And I, I was made for that. Hello, my name is Fran. I'm 80 years old, and late in life I've discovered that I just enjoy spending time with God in prayer, and the church sends to me the list of the prayer requests every week, and I pray for them, and I don't even know the people, but I lift them up before the Lord, and it is my joy, it is my honor to worship the Lord and present them name by name. Uh, yeah, my name's uh, Frank. I have the gift of administration. I like to see things work. I love it when a plan comes together. I really don't like people. And so I work in technology. I like to fix computers. I even like to break computers just so I can fix them so I don't have to spend time with people. I do not sing in the worship service. I only sing when I'm alone in the car on highways that you don't know about. But if it weren't for me, there would be no words on the screens because I have the gift of administration and I have the skill of technology. And I love to watch you sing, although 
I think I've told you this, I don't sing and I don't like people. But I was made for this. Hi, my name is Laquan. I have the gift of mercy. I grew up without a dad. Painful, painful being without a dad. But it also worked out for good because now I'm on the Barnhart school team and I go there every other Friday. We hand out stuff to kids. And then uh, after a while, I got to be a tutor there, and even, I even help with the sports, after-school sports stuff. And I have the gift of mercy, but I, I love just being a dad to these, these young kids. And I was made for this. Uh, my name's Bob, and I'm a leader. I'm good with numbers, and so I lead a group on financial freedom. The best day of the year is the day we cut up those credit cards that had all been paid off. Last year, one guy got so carried away, he cut up his license. <laughs> I love that. But because we had our bills paid up, we could have had a collection in our group, and we bought him another driver's license. I was made for this. I'm a leader, gifted to lead, good with numbers. I was made for this. Hi, I'm Ashley. I have pastoral gifts. I just love caring for people. And so after church, I grab a quick bite to eat, and then I go over to the nursing home where we have another church service. And I don't, I've already been to church, so I don't need another church service, so I just go around hugging people. But I ask the nursing staff at the nursing home, um, who hasn't been hugged all week? Because I'm going to go hug them. Because I'm a hugger. Because I have the gifts to care for people. Or maybe the gift of hospitality, because I like to be around people. Or maybe I just have the gift of mercy. Or maybe I just have the gift of I love old people. But whatever that is, I was made for this. Now, I, I, I'll stop there. I think you have the point. Think about it just for a moment. You arrive into heaven, and just in this scenario, God says, do you, do you know my son? First gift. Have you received the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord? Do you know my son? Okay. I gave you some gifts the day you trusted Jesus, what did you do with those? That's the second question. And I, I, I'll tell you this, that question's probably gonna show up on the final. So you need to be ready to answer it, okay? Let's bow for prayer. Can't take the second step of using your gift until you've received the first gift. You can't even begin the process until you've first trusted Jesus and received the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you've never trusted him, this is your day. I can't think of a better day or a better time. You may be saying, I'm not sure, I don't know. Then make sure, know for sure. Right where you're seated, talk to God in your own heart. And, and tell him, dear God, I, I need the Savior to be mine. I have sinned, and I know Jesus is the Savior of the world. I trust him to be mine, and I take him now as my own. That's your decision. That's a wonderful starting point for you. With our heads still bowed and our eyes still closed, could you just 
stand to your feet. I want to pray for all of us. Let's stand together. And as I lead us in prayer, I, I want us to never, ever lose sight that we are gifted and that, that God gifts us graciously. And so if we haven't unpacked that yet, it's, it's time. And some of you know what your gifts are, you just aren't using them. Others, you, you don't have a clue. So your, your commitment prayer is, oh God, get me to engage. But for some of us, the, the question is really, um, what's my next step? Will I just hear this sermon and walk out the door and go, nice sermon, and go on with the day? Or will I realize, no, I'm here to use a gift, to be a blessing, to build maturity in the faith, to build unity, to build strength, to serve one another in love. And I, I have not been doing that because it's been all about me. And if that's your prayer, uh, that honest moment is why you're here. Gracious Father in heaven, may we never forget that we have been gifted and gifted and gifted. And in those gifts, Lord, we don't want to use them for our own. We, we only want to do it because we want to be loving people because we want to be like Jesus. So even in the use of our gifts, may we never lord it over anybody. May we know they are grace gifts. May we live to serve one another, build each other up in the faith as we head towards heaven. And uh, for many of us, as we're just discovering how God has wired us, may he give us the boldness to run down that path a bit. This week, and may you encourage our hearts, Lord, to, to chase after you to make a difference where we live. And may the church that we imagine become the church of reality. We pray this in the wonderful name of Christ our Savior. God's people would say, amen.